Welcome to the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs, bringing you from zero to 60 in the non-fungible token world without breaking the bank. With your hosts, Andrew, aka Rantum, and George from Mostly Stable on Zed Run, who will help you navigate new projects, interview expert guests, and explore NFT trends. So whether you're on your first or 50th NFT, we're going to have something for you. And as a quick note, we are not, I repeat, not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Alrighty, disclaimer over, let's get to it. Today on All About Affordable NFTs, the theme, when merge, soon merge, right? The E, finally doing it, the the big merge coming, we'll talk about what we think the implications might be for NFTs. And in the meantime, Andrew, how's it going? What are you seeing in the news? Oh man, it's, well, it's, it's the Ethereum merge rally right now. We're seeing ETH run a bit and, you know, it's good to see uh, run in the, the, the green <laughs> running forward, not away. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, whether it's the merge trade or, you know, what else is going on who's to say exactly, but yeah, it's exciting to see uh, people picking up on, on, on what's going on with, with that part. And I think there's definitely something to the announcement of a specific date and that is September 19th. So we are under two months away from the merge. Well. What I think is funny, you know, you're talking about the the merge rally right now in in ETH, which is delightful. And looking that price of ETH versus the fear, you know, the fear greed index, uh, that's kind of like jokingly done. I know it like happens on Milk Road, but also is like a Twitter thing where they they track the the fear and greed index based on how much FUD or not FUD is being said. And basically, it's like ETH is still incredibly down. Let's just be clear, like down like sixty percent over the year. But people are like twice as happy roughly speaking, of the price of ETH at 1500 I mean, it depends on when you listen to it, versus when it dropped to it versus when it rose to it. It's like all about what just happened in the, the trailing 30 days. So it's kind of funny people are feeling good about 50, ETH at 1500 when before we were like, oh, no way it goes below 2000 And then all our stomachs fell through the floor. We we're like, oh, I guess we're doing yeah. it. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I know we've talked about, we've talked about that a bit in the past, but definitely some, uh, maybe some recency bias coming into play here. You know, we, uh, we love to see green numbers and doesn't really matter how bad the red they were for a long time there. Now they're green. Now we're fine. Everything's fine. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. So let's take a look at some headlines. Uh, this one, I was excited to see that the NFL has expanded, uh, ticket step NFTs to over a hundred games for the upcoming season. I think that this is going to be a big, uh, just a big use case for NFTs, um, tickets a long time ago, you know, a long time ago in the, the NFT space, Mark Cuban was talking about how he wanted to implement this for the, the Mavericks, the TP owns uh, the Dallas Mavericks and the NBA. And, you know, it makes, it just makes sense to me. You know, people have collected, uh, ticket steps for years and, you know, you can even uh, use this as a way to actually prove that you were there if it is in your wallet and you could see that it was in your wallet at the time. Uh, you know, there's many cases where after famous games or some big game, um, you know, somehow the, uh, the number of people that claim to have been there somehow, uh, inflates to many times the number that the stadium could even hold. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like this as a collector. I, you know, I, I have some cool ticket stubs that I've, of games that I've been to. And I think that is a, uh, a good use case of NFTs here. It's so clearly 
fits the use case because think about it like you have these tickets up where do they live oh i'm gonna put them you gotta frame them put them on your wall no i keep them in a little box in the corner so i can like scroll through them like a hobbit like okay i think having it online opens up so much more in terms of uh, being able to one you know socially demonstrate and show off that you were like at an actual event in a real way but also could that give you access to fan clubs maybe could the team then reach out to super fan wallets that that have it and appreciate things like the, the opportunities that it opens up just make sense as opposed to i got a ticket stub and it's you know was printed on some dead trees and now it's in my little box absolutely all right next on the uh the list here we've got the ethereum merge i'm not sure how this got pushed out to the uh, second headline but it is big news we did mention it before september 19th uh just reiterating that date so yeah that's under two months um the announcement um was you know was definitely unexpected um people had been talking about a potential date in late september but i think this date was you know maybe even a little more aggressive than most people expected um you know we're we're moving quickly towards that and i think that uh you know we're starting to see some people prepare for what that does mean yeah i think um i don't know i got i got a laugh for like the immutable blockchain talking about penciling in a date so there's nothing on the blockchain <laughs> it's penciled in not not even penned in pen pen on paper no way we're we're a pencil level for a date here is here is a divine prediction they're going to miss the date He's going to drop and then suddenly they're going to come up with another date and they'll probably hit that date. Because I've never seen a dev project hit its date. Yeah, I mean, this is somewhat, I don't know, it's, it's been delayed many times. So, you know, to have a date, it's great, but, you know, it has been pushed back many times in the past. Hopefully that doesn't happen here. Um, we, you know, if, if it does, I'm sure we'll hear all sorts of uh, FUD-ish headlines about it. So I hope that it does, uh, that they are able to um, just gonna move things along and hit that deadline. Uh, next, we've got a couple of uh, a couple signs of what the market's been like out there. Um, let's see. I guess we'll go first with the trading volume has dropped seventy four percent between May and June. Uh, you know, and you know, well, we knew that it was bad. You know, that's that's some big numbers. And then uh, the second headline I've got here is that OpenSea is laying off 20% of their employees. Certainly those two go hand in hand, uh, you know, with the drop in volume and uh, OpenSea is certainly seeing a lot less revenue coming in. And uh, like Coinbase and, and many other of these crypto companies, they are uh, making moves to reduce their overhead now. Yeah, the, the total volume, again, is tricky because the sales volume is uh, inevitably, you know, going to go down because the the price of ETH in terms of translated dollars has gone down as well, right? So again, I come back to sort of transactions, I guess, and and looking at that as like health of the system. And, you know, trailing seven days is 1.2 million transactions for overall NFTs, which is not too shabby according to Crypto Slam and, and, and tracking. Uh, the last seven days seems to be a bit of an uptick, but you know, again, I, I think getting lost and maybe that's just because the price of ETH kind of coming up and uh, it, it's still remarkable, uh, the health of this ecosystem. It hasn't gone to zero. It hasn't like completely evaporated. It's still being used and it is eerily similar in my mind to uh, the dot-com bubble burst. Like it wouldn't stop using the internet. It was just like the hype 
hype exploded, disappeared, but people are still clicking on stuff. So people, people still doing stuff on the blockchain. That's what I'm looking at. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. And looking at that transaction does the transaction number does make it, does make a lot more sense, especially when, uh, when the U S dollar volume is, uh, inevitably down with the drop in ETH price. All right. Well, let's move on to our affordable project. I have got one this week, uh, and this is another art blocks project. This is by an artist named Josh Hewitt Davis, who goes by PlayStation. Uh, he's been, he's been doing generative art for decades now. There's many generative artists that are new in the game that that cite him as a uh, inspiration for getting into it and even for how they produce the work. Um, this is one that came out, let's see, it came out about seven months ago. Um, and what's like early May, May 5th is is where I see the history to it. Uh, I'm sorry. It came in. Oh, this is actually, so this was minted actually back in August. Um, not sure where you're seeing that one. Just looking at some, uh, actual mint of one of the pieces here. This was minted in August of 2021. Um, you know, so coming up about a year on about a year from uh, the mid date, there's a collection of 1000 in the Artblocks factory uh, collection. Um, you know, it's, as we mentioned, that's the less rigorous, uh, um, uh, collection to get into. It's not quite as hard as the, uh, the curated collection in you've got to be a little more, uh, selective in, in what you buy there. I think, um, that being said, there are collections by some you know, pretty well known and, and, and you know, well-known artists and, uh, they produce some pretty uh, impressive collections, uh, in that, uh, in this, um, factory at times. Um, so this one has, is a, uh, 1000 piece collection. There's a floor price of 0.11 as I am looking at it. Uh, I believe it did mint for 0.10. So not much over the mint price right now. Um, it's a relatively, uh, thin floor, um, and remember that means that the price can move up quickly, but the, you know, there hasn't been a ton of volume in this recently. What I do like is that it's from an artist that has been at the generative art thing for such a long time. And that there are so many artists that cite him as, as an inspiration. Um, I think that that says a lot to, to what he has done. And if you look at you know, some of his social followings, he has large social followings, I think there may be a hesitation from some of his followers to uh, collect NFTs at this point, um, as we've seen uh, in many other areas where people aren't necessarily ready to jump into that. Over time, you know, I think that there that could change. Um, I, and at the same time, I think that he's going to continue to produce in the, the NFT world. Um, so it's one that I like. I do hold one of these. I've held one for a while. Um, have not uh, collected one recently, but um, have been kind of looking at it. Um, and so who knows, may end up picking up another at some point. Um, yeah, um, did you take a look at any of these, George, while we were talking? I did, I was scanning it, and I'm, uh, full disclosure, putting out a blind bid on this. <laughs> if that's all bid go. I saw a bid go for, because I look at the activity and that's, that's a big thing on these pieces where, uh, it, you know, it actually doesn't even matter what the floor is if there's no activity. And, you know, there's like, absolutely to be honest, it looks like there's a couple, like three sales a week. So pretty, um, pretty slow moving. So you can kind of have your pick, but that also means that, uh, I think there's an opportunity to get something below floor for somebody who just wants liquidity and he is tired of holding. This is a long hold. It looks like the actual art, uh, is. You know, I, I've seen stuff 
that looks like this, but that's maybe because other people um, impersonate or uh, do versions of it. However, the cool thing is that when you go into it, um, when you go into it, it dynamically moves with you. The way that it's implemented is so cool, actually. Yeah, I forgot to mention the the interactive portion of it. It moves out. into this. You could just, if you roll your, your mouse over it, um, it reacts to it. But then also if you click, you can rotate it around. I really like the motion pieces. I think, you know, I've talked about it in the past, so I don't think we have the best ways to display these yet. And hopefully uh, that will change over time and people will be able to appreciate these art pieces a little bit more than they're able to right now. This is really cool, actually. You are like, even if you don't get one of these, go in, find the link, and click on it because I actually, uh, well, I'm now lost in the creation of one of these things. It's really cool, interactive in a way that I have not seen with generative art before. Oh, these are just great. That's oh, really fun. I don't know that you get in the use case of it. You're like, I don't know. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool, right? <laughs> yeah, it's really trippy, really trippy. Um, and again, the the strategy here is saying like, okay, you know, PlayStation is a name that when you come back to it is uh, looked to by other artists, so there is, is value there. But sometimes I don't know. I get the thought in my mind that right now, clearly there is the the next Picasso of its time operating, right? The problem is there's a large winner take all to when you're talking about the emblematic artists of a given time and the amount of forgotten artists, you know, significantly dwarfs the ones that, uh, that, that actually make it. So, you know, is, is there room for someone like this to be recognized later or is it a bit of a pipe dream to say like, all right, they, they may be an inspiration, but frankly, they're, they're an also ran and, and you know, what, what has to happen for, for someone like PlayStation to, to kind of come back into Vogue or to get sort of quote unquote refound? Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't, I mean, I get that there's some winner take all. I think there's also something to, um, you know, I, I think something is, there's going to be a lot of art coming out. I think this is a relatively, you know, we're talking about risk reward. I think we're still at a relatively low risk with this one. Um, I think that there's a, good case that the that his art will be more appreciated over time i don't know that he becomes you know the winner or a winner of generative art um overall but i do think there's something to you know if there's attention paid to his work because it influenced others i i think there's a a case to be made that um you know the, the value will appreciate over time um yeah but you're right to to get a look at it you know who knows exactly which one will be, you know, what, what the future holds or what, what future opinions will even form about some of the artists that we're looking at at this point. Mm -hmm. Was this one of those art blocks pieces that just had like insane mint out and total hype back, back when, cause I'm looking back in August, I, I had the right time frame. like volume was like pretty, pretty sick in August, like getting up there. Yeah, and there was average you know, price at one point five ETH. You're like, whoa! Exactly, exactly. I mean, it had some pretty ridiculous. You know, I think I, I'm sort of looking at some of these that I think maybe, um, you know, the price got outrageous for a while. Now you've just seen the prices drop and drop and drop. And I think this is one where you know maybe it's gone a little too far. You know, definitely seen this happen with some others. Casey Rias is another one that has I, I've noticed that happened. His pieces now have rebounded and. 
um, you know, are somewhere in between the, the crazy run they had about a year ago and, um, and where they are or where they dropped down to. So his dropped down to almost mid price and, you know, now they're more like four or five X, the, the original mid price. And that's, that's sort of what I'm looking for, um, in this thinking that, you know, maybe it's one that has been, uh, it's snapped back a little too far and, um, you know, probably should be, um, probably should be appreciated a little bit more once people kind of remember that this collection is out there. Yeah. Just to put this in context, I don't know why this is hitting me so, so hard right now, but there are folks in August of last year who are paying, let's just say like 1.5 ETH, right? Around four grand-ish. I don't know where the price of ETH was in any given whatever, but you know, it was hovering around 3,000, right? At that point. So people were paying like four, four grand plus. And now you could pay, you know, a hundred and fifty bucks, 160 bucks, yeah, 160 bucks. So just one more time, like this is so important to understand what phase you're in and what the value of something is. So clearly that price was, was high and everything was inflated. It's important to note when you're shopping in an inflated time, both in a macro sense and also in a project lifetime sense, but that's a big difference paying and appreciating a piece of art at four grand and $160. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good, good point there. That's <laughs> like, I don't know why it hit me so hard, but I was like, these are cool. I was like, holy cow, somebody paid a lot for that in the past. Yeah. And now, you know, this is what I think our ethos gets down to. Like when it's affordable and no, nobody is paying attention to it, maybe then it's at least safer. You know, you're not going to lose that amount of money. And you can take more shots at it. Um, that's cool. So you, you said you have one of these. Um, I do have one. I, uh, who knows? I'll, I'll keep an eye on uh, on how my bid does. Yeah, I think it's worth, you know, <laughs> we have seen some bids go through. So I think it's worth uh, trying out that collection offer if you are, you know, shopping for these, you know, anything that, out, that doesn't have a lot of. Uh, you see me, don't outbid me, you, you goose. <laughs> All right. Well, George, when, when's the merge? When merge? Soon merge. When merge? When? This, um, this is awesome. I've been waiting to talk about this for quite some time. I'll be honest. I think it was, I think, high in the news cycle early on uh, in the year and then kind of fell through when we thought it was June, thought it was August. Now we are hearing it's penciled in for September, but it's much more real because we have gone through two successful test nets test nets being the other ethereum adjacent i guess code bases that they're testing this on and blockchain and making sure people that are validators are updating that's the whole big game like when we flip the switch you have to change your light bulbs did you change your light bulbs everybody okay like just to oversimplify my understanding of it and that is real that happened there's one more i believe test net coming but regardless we're talking about an actual date and the implications for NFTs is that what is good for, and this is what I believe, what is good for ETH is good for NFTs. Because when we're talking about NFTs, classically, we're talking about majority on the Ethereum blockchain. Of course, NFTs live on many blockchain, many different layer ones. But think about all of the layer one, layer two NFTs that live on. And this is only going to strengthen the underlying currency, asset, blockchain, because suddenly all of these fees that were going to miners right? And the proof of work are going to be going to holders, stakers, people that are 
um, in the platform and operating on it. So like that's in my mind, like the health there is good for the health of NFTs. So that's, that's point one. What is, what's, what say you to that? Yeah, I think overall that's, that's, that's generally correct. And when ETH is doing well, it's good for NFTs, maybe not always at the, you know, exact same time, but you know, as we've seen when the price is changing quickly for ETH, it often does uh, slow NFT trading down a bit, but overall, I think it does bring more attention to uh, to NFTs and I think it would, well, obviously we know that it would increase the, the volume, um, just by, by way of this, you know, even if it was a slightly, slight drop in the number of transactions, just by the, the, the value of the pieces going up. And, you know, if we know that it is a somewhat or a very reflexive culture and that tends to push the, you know, NFT trading even further. So, yeah, I think that is how, how it would go. Um, you know. That being said, you know, we don't know exactly what, you know, what will come of the merge, you know, right. We do, what we understand is that stakers will start to increase their rewards. Um, you know, we don't know how many stakers are going to look to unstake, but they can't unstake right away anyway. So from the fundamental part of, you know, I, I don't know that there's going to be a big change from that perspective right away because there's a six month or so lockup. Um, you know, so I am curious to see, you know, how people, uh, trade on each side of this merge, um, in the ETH world and, and, you know, how I, I have a feeling that we may see some somewhat quiet periods for NFTs during this because people are, uh, somewhat wary of what the price may do with, with, uh, ETH. Yeah. So. In general, the instability of price, volatility, I won't say, volatility, which means upsy, downsy, nobody has a really good idea of what's going on. Volatility in ETH actually seems to be corollary to a decrease in NFT trading volume, which is maybe not a big surprise because guess what? If you're running to the store and suddenly my $10 can buy, you know, 10 gallons of milk and then the next day I could buy one gallon of milk. You're being like, hold on, hold on. I'm going to hang on to these dollars so I figure out what's going on. Uh, because you need a bit more stability, predictability in the underlying uh, asset that you're using to, again, buy, um, buy and exchange NFTs. Uh, the other piece is, like, frankly, like, Ethereum would be worthless, pointless, if not for NFTs. And also DeFi, of course. But think about it. It's the practical use of being able to trade and exchange cultural identity elements, items, and this social proofing and all of the upside of what NFTs are. And, and I think um, that again is like, what is good for ETH is good for NFTs. And what is good for NFTs is good for ETH. Because I look at transactions, are people using it? When the dot-com bubble was bursting, imploding, exploding, people were still Googling stuff. People are still really buying things on Amazon. They're like, oh, I don't know. I can get my diapers here. Isn't that cool? Boom, click, buy. So I think the, the health of uh, NFTs is going to be strengthened by this. Uh, the other big narrative that I'm not going to put too much stake in, but I just kind of like is that detractors who say NFTs are bad for the environment can go smoke trees now. They can go smoke trees because proof of stake is uh, exponentially more efficient 
in terms of of how it is uh, being used to validate uh, uh, blocks on on Ethereum. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's it's more than just a talking point. Um, I think it's something that can really help Ethereum in its battles for supremacy in in the yeah. ecosystem too. Um, you know, we're seeing it change. You know, we've seen a lot of other layer ones pop up that want to say that they are, you know, eco-friendly. And that's been one of their, their big, you know, the big Eve killer type of movements. And you know, that's not, that's no longer going to be valid when Ethereum doesn't have to worry about that part. And, you know, Bitcoin still does. And I don't know, you know, exactly how all that plays out, but, you know, there's, there is something to this. And, you know, when people can overlook or not overlook, when people can actually you know, defend ETH or Ethereum um, for being a, uh, you know, one of the, you know, the, the environmentally friendly uh, blockchains, you know, we've, I think we can really start changing the narrative and looking in and how people look at the industry and, and start looking um, at this, like, okay, this is going to stick around. They've made improvements and they've actually achieved the things that, you know, granted were supposed to happen a long time ago, but they are finally coming to fruition here. And that's, that's a that's big. I don't think it should be overlooked here. Yeah, I'm imagining there's going to be uh, some weirdness, right? There's going to be. I already mentioned some fud when they miss the date, or there's confusion around it. Sure, there's ups and downs. Uh, there's also the big lockup of uh, S ETH. I don't know how to pronounce it, but staked ETH in the um, ETH two um, that has to be held for six months. So there's going to be like. After the merge, there's going to be six months and there's going to be uh, something weird that's going to go on then with, uh, again, volatility as the enemy. I don't know how much sort of faith to put in the fact that, you know, all of that mining equity, the miner extracted value stuff is actually going to be transferred to the, the core holders of, of ETH. I don't know if that's really going to make as big a price move as, again, People using it transactions and then larger if institutions look at it as a, a green alternative as a store of value. Yeah, I don't know how that exactly how that plays out. I know people have run all sorts of different scenarios of what may happen with stakers. I've heard a lot of them. I, it, there's people making very uh, bullish predictions for those that are staking. You know, again, I I think that if it's if that does happen, it's good for the NFT ecosystem. It may take some time, generally speaking. We've seen that NFTs do better when the price is relatively flat. And, you know, just recently we've seen that uh, NFT trading has, has uh, slowed down a bit with the uh, the rise in price. And, you know, I think once we get some stability again, it'll start. So you just have to sort of be ready for this in NFT trading and not look at the necessarily the, the price of ETH, but look at more of the price movement uh, from day to day and how that affects uh trading and you know nft trading i guess yeah i um i'm excited about it i, I really i i think it's it's going to mean good things i i do i do think that sort of narrative of you can't fight the fed is still very real so if you're like oh i'm gonna bet everything on you know eth merge coming and it's gonna change everything like one of i'm adding it to one of our rules like when everybody Never, never. It's a slow grind toward getting back to to wherever it was before. But as long as the Fed and, and macro recessions loom, there's a there's not gonna be any like hyper mooning of any of this stuff. But I still believe that, you know, NFTs are the real value on top of the Ethereum network. It's the point of it for me. It's that's that's the utility. 
the fun of it. And I still see it as a leverage to leverage deeds when at least you, you choose the right things. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, pictures on tokens are a great onboarder and make people much more interested in what they own. Yeah. Uh, and most importantly, I'm paying attention to what it means for horses, digital horses. Yeah. I mean, does this, does this move us closer to the real flipping the horse, the real flipping the digital, digital horse base. Economy. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. Uh, all right. That's what I got on this. All right. Yeah. Well, this is good. This has been an episode of the Triple A NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs. The episode notes and resources may be found at 3ANFT.com in our show notes. Again, 3ANFT.com. And that reminder don't bet what you can't afford to lose. Remember, we are not financial advisors, and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Thanks for joining us. I hope you learned something.